Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Ryan Gam, two-hand monster flush off the inbound. Ryan Gam slam jam. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the Final Score Thirty Five and TikTok at AG Spartan Fan 35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. Hello, folks. Welcome in. November 14th, 2022, the year of our Lord. Uh, episode 98, two away from 100, if you're keeping track at home. Um, wow, crazy. It's almost been two years of us doing this. Even crazier. Um, what a time it is to be alive, uh, college basketball, we're already a week in, uh, college football, we're getting down to the nitty gritty of this thing, um, the home stretch, you know, playoff teams are gonna, uh, you know, separate themselves here in the last few weeks, conference championships, early December, um, NBA, we don't really care about that, NHL, yeah, the Red Wings are doing all right, um, what else, uh, the, the World Cup starts next week. That's cool, I guess. It's in Qatar, as I say. Is it, it fair that the U.S. plays a bunch of whales on? Yeah, Monday? they play whales. Qatar, I, yeah. I'm surprised they're even good enough to. They're a very small country. I'm surprised they're even good enough to be there. Um, NFL been phenomenal. We'll get to that later. Um, golf um, as well. Getting had the Houston Open this past weekend. Um, yeah, just great time to be alive. And then feast weeks next week and. All that good jazz. So, podium, uh, I'll start. Uh, something we don't usually talk about, that's Michigan State recruiting, whether it be football, basketball. Um, we don't spend too much time on that because, I mean, I, I do my fair share of research. I know a lot about some of the prospects, um, but we don't really talk about it. So I thought I would talk about it for, for a minute here. You know, there's a lot of people saying that Michigan State's not doing great in the recruiting chart. Oh, they've had decommitments, this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, that's true. They have had decommitments, but that comes with going after these high-profile guys, and that's what Coach Tuck and his staff have been doing. Um, and he's landing some good guys. I mean, just last night you get a four-star linebacker from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, they thought he was going to go to Michigan, ends up picking Michigan State. He can help immediately. He's a good player, really good uh, high school program at St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, he's going to try to recruit his uh, fellow defensive uh, player King Mack, who's a high four-star, uh, committed to Penn State, so maybe we'll be able to flip him. That'd be some cool stuff there. Um, but this guy has an impressive offer sheet. You know, Bama, Clemson, Michigan, all these big-time schools, and he picks Michigan State. That's pretty awesome. Love to freaking hear that. Um, and they're in on some guys. You know, Dante Moore, um, he's a five-star quarterback, top-ten player from Detroit. Uh, Michigan State's going after him, trying to flip him from Oregon. Uh, I think there's a chance. I love that. Since Bo Edmondson decommitted, there's going to be a reason why he decommitted, and that's because Michigan State's probably going to throw the throw the house at this guy, and hopefully they can get him. But they're going after a lot of great backs, some good corners right now. Guys are going to help on the transfer portal. I, I read an article earlier that said that once the regular season is done, it is going to be, if you thought last year was crazy, this year is going to be even crazier with how many high-profile guys enter the portal, especially with NIL getting involved and, and whatnot in this his whole ordeal. Um, so it's doing great. And then Tom Izzo, a.k.a. the GOAT, signed the third overall class last week. Um, all four guys signed. Garrick Norman um, from Texas, Cone Carr from South Carolina, Xavier Booker from Indiana, and, and uh, Jeremy Fears from uh from Illinois as well. Um, great class, has potential to be one that brings Izzo a second national title. Um, love that, and he's doing great in the 2024 and 2025 class, recruiting well. So we're doing well, Michigan State fans. If you don't keep track of that stuff, there's a little rundown. You have a lot to be excited about because I'm super pumped up about the energy that both these coaches are bringing to recruiting um, and trying to make that a priority and getting our programs to be top-notch. Um, in both sports. Agree, good stuff. My podium, I'm going to go three weeks in a row where I'm going to take a little bit of a lash at a Big Ten football coach. This week, you, Greg Schiano, first of all, no, you don't yeah, yeah. own Chopham. So this, he's kind of an ass bag anyway, let's just be completely honest, but 
what really made me decide to talk about this a little bit is he's got a history. And the history came back again at the end of the Michigan State Rutgers game this past Saturday. Maybe you weren't watching, probably only Michigan State and Rutgers guys, people were watching. It wasn't a great game, it was great for Michigan State to get, you know, to keep bowl eligibility in sight, which is very important for extra bowl practices and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. At the end of the game. So, first of all, get on Wimsat there, quarterback, for competing, basically completing a Hail Mary, fourth and 29. Somehow gets it Shocking. over a guy that could have easily tipped it away from Michigan State, but whatever, drops in the bucket. Rutgers scores instead of the game being over. They're down six, an onside kick away with a minute or so to go. Of course, they didn't get the kick. It wasn't even close. So what do most teams do? And every other game that I've watched this year, every other game that I've watched, usually, I don't even see this kind of shenanigans, a.k.a. bullshit, in a Michigan State-Michigan game. So, yeah, okay, you're still six points down. Theoretically, you could make something happen, whatever. That's going to be his argument. But at the end of that game, not once but twice, his line absolutely undercut, submarined our guys to the point where they were rolling back on our quarterback. To me, completely uncalled for. At that point, you wave the white flag. It's a, it's, I get it. Things happen, right? Trouble with the snap. I get it. The tuba game, Cal Stanford. I, I understand that, and I understand that logic. But there's a manner of decorum and professionalism among coaches where you just say, you know what, I hand it to you, we got beat. I have never, ever, on a kneel down, I don't know, we saw something we'll talk about a little bit later in a pro game this week, but that wasn't a kneel down. I have never on a kneel down seen a turnover that lost a team a game. And the cheap shot, the lineman to cheap shot, the quarterback to go low on them like that after a hard-fought game, I'm sorry, but I'm of the mindset that you take off your hat and you shake hands with the team that beat you, period. You don't need that cheap-ass bullshit. Chiano did that in the NFL and about got himself killed. Literally, almost got himself killed. I mean, it's just Bush League. It's cheap. It's Bush League. It's beyond a really good coach. I know that your program still sucks. I know that the best you can do is six and six, but deal with it. You lost to Michigan State. You got outplayed. You got beat. You were lucky to even be within a score at the end of the game. Take the knee with us and go and find Mel. Mel had to find him, by the way, as he was basically exiting the field. So Mel had to go. Usually you go to midfield and you kind of in the sea, you quickly find the person. Mel had to chase down to shake his hand. Bullshit. Shiano, your Bush League. I don't have any place for you. It's a gap between your teeth. Yeah. Yeah, so is the gap between your teeth. All right, for T-up slash flag, nothing totally egregious that stands out. At least, you know, there's one thing that's still kind of going on and people still talking about, but we're not going to talk about that anymore because you could flag a lot of people for their idiocy there. So I wrote this down when I was watching watching Western and Central screw my parlay last week. Whoever won that wasn't supposed to and whoever lost that wasn't supposed to whatever great do you get that but great before now not so much with college basketball as we have on in the background but great for the mac right they've got tuesday and wednesday cornered on tv they've got two games usually on the deuce and they got two games on maybe like cbs sports network or something so they've got eight of their teams in action on tv quote national tv right like everything's national tv the reason why we're flagging them or teeing them up, like, watch one of those games. Do yourself a favor this Tuesday and or Wednesday. Tune into a game, and and you have the exercise. Count how many fans you can see in the stands. That is if they show the stands. Central Michigan, for example, they had things tarped off with advertisements. There were maybe, I'd have to look to see the official quote announced attendance, there were maybe 5,000 people at that game. I get it. You get TV money, but at what cost? You're trading chasing cash for the student-athlete experience, for the student experience of getting them to go to games. Who wants to go to a game on a Tuesday when you can't tailgate, when you might have an exam the next day, when you might have a night class? And oh, by the way, for your players too. Like, I know this started a few years ago, but I really kind of first started to notice this week when I, I tuned in. 
There is nobody there. There is no atmosphere. It may as well be a COVID game. It may as I mean, there's less than a high school playoff game at these games. Like, Mac, put your put your greed to the side. Find something else in another way to maybe promote your squads. Play Friday. Okay. I get it. Play Friday. That'd be great. Maybe even Thursday because the NFL games on Thursday have sucked. But Tuesday and Wednesday for the almighty buck, you're selling out. You're, st- you're selling out your kids. You're selling out your, your students, your fans, your alumni. I find it egregious. Yeah, completely agree with that. Some it's money grabbing. Shocking. Uh, four downs. Uh, let's get to it. Um, go a little Big Ten slash college football re- week in review. Uh, we'll preview this upcoming week 12. Talk a little college hoops and then scramble it up and finish with a sprint um, as we usually do. Um, all right, college football, Big Ten. We'll, let's go Big Ten first here. Um, let's see, game number one that I had on my list. Um, let's go Indiana-Ohio State. Uh, About as expected. Woo. How did we do last week, by the way, in the picks? We both went 6-4. and four. I'm, at, we're, I'm not having a good year. I'm picking bad. Um, Ohio State covered spread. I mean, sure did. They lost a running back, though. Yeah, it not didn't good. Look, Miami, it didn't look good. Miami was playing really well. Yeah, and they were down to a third stringer and uh, a wide receiver to be running back. That's the thing to keep an eye on heading into the last couple of weeks of the season. Um, because, you know, not, you know, not so much this week, obviously, but next the week after, Michigan's going to make them try to win on the ground, not, not through the air, if they don't have their running backs. So they'll also rest up because they've got Maryland this week. Maryland's yep. not going to do squat against them, but... I mean, another great performance uh, by Stroud, by Marvin Harrison, by that Ohio State offense. Um, yeah, just they're phenomenal. Offense, definitely not the problem. And they proved they can do it in weather because the weather was not great um, last week um, in Columbus. A little rainy, a little cold. CJ did it. He proved he can do it. Um, love that. Uh, but Indiana's bad. That's they've the lost seven fourth time they've hung 50 points or more on teams this year. And Michigan State wasn't one of them. Yeah, <laughs> almost, almost. Forty-nine. Sixth time they've scored forty-nine or more. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, Indiana's Indiana's down dog. Bad. They down won three bad. in a row. They probably got their fans all excited, and now nobody's going to show up for the Old Oak and Bucket game because everybody only cares about basketball now because their basketball team is good. Yeah, well, in theory. Uh, Purdue, Illinois, uh, oh, boiler freaking up. Uh, Illinois, impl- Michigan State ruined them. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, I mean, Illinois has imploded. They went from a two-game lead going into last week to now they don't even have the tiebreaker anymore. Oh, I, I think I have it. I can. Do they like, still have it? Purdue? No, it's. I think it's Purdue weird. has the tiebreaker, but it's weird because it's as we predicted. I'm sitting here looking at. So we did not have Illinois. We had them going five and seven, so clearly that was off. Yeah, but I mean that was that's good. We had Minnesota, Northwestern. I had Nebraska in there. Ryan disagreed. Purdue right. and Wisconsin all going five and four, and we're probably going to come pretty close to that. Like I had Iowa six and three to win the West. Yeah, I mean here's that's the, the best anybody can do is six and three. So here's the tiebreaker. So notable Big Ten West clinching scenarios: Purdue wins the West, win both games, and Iowa loses one. Okay. Iowa. That's right, because Iowa beats. Iowa them. gets in if they win both games, and Illinois loses one. Okay. Illinois gets in record. if they win both games, and Purdue loses. And Minnesota gets in if they win both their last games, and Illinois and Purdue both lose. So there's four teams that can mess. still get in there. I mean, that's ridiculous. And all of them can't. Nobody can win it outright. So. Yeah. Crazy. It's pretty fucking That's crazy. Be crazy. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, but. but yeah, fun fact in that game. So Michigan State scored two touchdowns on Illinois last week uh, in the second half, which they had only given up, I think, like seven points all season or seventeen points or something like that all season. They had only given up ninety-four points going into that game, and they gave up thirty-one to Purdue, who woke up after playing like absolute dog meat against Iowa the week before. So. Um, yeah, all of a sudden Illinois and like Illinois goes from the driver's seat thinking, okay, we if we even split with Michigan State and Purdue, we're still in great shape. Now they got to go to Michigan. Yeah, I mean then they play Northwestern. That's easy, but like it's pretty much out of their hands right now. So very, very, it's going to be very interesting down the stretch here. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Um, 
Michigan versus Nebraska. Um, Boring. Typical crap. I mean, Michigan won. J.J. did nothing again. He's had to do nothing all year. Imagine when he actually has to do something, what's going to happen, I don't know. Um, Running the ball well. I mean, their defense is super dominant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're good, but Nebraska's playing a third-string quarterback that is pretty dang bad. They're beat up everywhere. They have, they're hanging on by a thread. Their offensive coordinator, someone got tackled into him out of bounds. He about died on the sideline. It's just a wreck for Nebraska. The only good team Michigan has beaten is Penn State, and they caught Penn State on a bad day. I don't know that they beat them 41-17 every time. They probably beat them because I think Penn State's a little overrated. But yeah. Like, okay, you beat Michigan State, you beat Rutgers, you beat Nebraska, you beat Indiana. A lot of this has to do with the schedule and who you play and when you play them. Chris and I were talking about that a little bit on text this week. Like, you know, when when things start to fall against you and you've got a schedule that doesn't line up, that can get tough in a hurry, and Michigan's had the benefit of an easy schedule. And you spare me the, but UConn's bowl eligible. You said we didn't play anybody good. Yeah, who have they beaten? Like, I don't even want to hear it. We'll talk after, before and after next week, um, you know, for the game, the big game, and see how that ends up. And we'll give you due respect if you can beat Ohio State, but I'm not counting on it. Yeah. Uh, Maryland, Penn State, Maryland, typical start hot and stink. It's like mm-hmm. Iowa in basketball. Um, Penn State dominated them. Yes, the, Maryland started 6-2. and two, Now they're 6-4. and four. They're playing Ohio State. That ain't going to happen. Rutgers, maybe. So they'll probably go 7-5. Which is good for them, I guess. It's a really good year for Nebraska. Wisconsin, Iowa. Um, Iowa's defense back at it again. Um, Wisconsin just... Fantastic. Not good. Wisconsin is so Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, they they go... Since they fired their coach, they've gone... um, Win over Northwestern, shocker. Northwestern sucks. Three and two. Lost to Michigan State. Nice win over Purdue, at home. Nice win over Maryland, at home. Loss at Iowa. They so they've lost two of their road games. Now they play Nebraska and Minnesota. Nebraska should be a win. Minnesota, I don't know. It's at Wisconsin, so maybe. But their their offense is so Jekyll and Hyde. It's crazy. Yeah, it's not great. Um, but whatever. Um. Iowa, I mean, still not impressive offensively. I think they only had like 190 yards. Right. And they still won, I guess, find a way to win, but boring, very boring. Mm-hmm. Northwest, speaking boring, Northwestern Minnesota. Northwestern is abysmal. Um, they are really, Started really off bad. 1-0. We're like, all right, maybe the, you know this bowl eligible. Haven't won a game since week zero, and it's week 12. And, and they're not going to win. They've I mean, only they scored in the – well, they've scored in the 20s three times in those it's whatever, nine games. Otherwise, bad. in their other losses, 14-7-7, 13-7-3. Think it's it's a get bad, any, bad trend. I think it's going to get any better for Patty Boy, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, they're pretty bad. Minnesota dominant um, – as he run been. 18 games in a row over 100 yards. That dude's a stud. Yeah, he's really good. He, he could be a nice uh, second back in the NFL. Um, let's go Rutgers, Michigan State. Um, well, um, Michigan State won. Um, we'll take that. Uh, you know, some issues and some really good stuff. You know, run game, almost 200 yards. Phenomenal. A lot of burger. I've, I've loved what Broussard I've seen. played really well. Yeah, Broussard played well, but I've loved what I've seen out of Bruce out of Berger really since the Wisconsin game. Um, he's kind of come on. He's, he's he runs hard. He's got a nice burst to him. He's catching passes. He's got a little more wiggle to him. I, I like what I'm seeing out of him. He's getting more comfortable with a good offseason. I think that he can be a guy that could be you know an All Big Ten type of back. I and mean, you saw it at Wisconsin his freshman year, and then he's he's a high four star for a reason. Um, so love what I see out of him. Um, the Michigan State backs have kind of come on after starting well against, you know, inferior opponents, and then kind of falling off, and then they're getting back up, which is and, good, and, and helping part, out the offense. And part um, of that, a lot of that, has to do with all. Like Mel talks about complementary football, and he's right. The receivers are blocking better, the tight ends are blocking better, and the O line is blocking better, which gives the guys just enough wiggle to get through. And they're and the guys are running hard, right? Like they're they're playing hard. I you know as 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 inaccurate as Thorne was again in that game. I listened to the post-game press conference, and, um, you know, Tucker was talking about how 
yeah, he missed on some throws, but he got us in and out of some plays and really set up the run game, like got us out of some bad plays and into some good plays. So I guess you got to give him credit for that. So there's like this whole amalgamation in terms of how things are coming together for the run game. It's not quite like K-9, where they did have good blocking and all those phases certainly worked for K-9, but K-9 was just extraterrestrial special anyway. Yeah, he's, um, he's but like one thing that I want to point out is and Chris mentioned this too is I got to give the offensive line a shout out. Um they've yeah, given they up great. one they've given up one sack um in the last two weeks in in Illinois and actually Rutgers that came in with a pretty good defense. Um you know, so they're keeping Thorn clean um and I'm telling you, it's not a coincidence. That's because big fat F and you know who Horst ain't playing the last two weeks. He's been out. Baldwin's been at left tackle. Finally, we got the future of left tackle in there. I don't care if we ever see Horst on the field again. He clearly sucks. He's I don't mind Carrick, sixth-year guy's old man, but he hasn't played either. And Michigan State's and offensive happening. line has been better. Um, Baldwin's the anchor right there, man. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like. What I see, they wrote, they started to rotate in some of the other younger guys the last couple of games, which I think is going to be key. Um, you know, get especially you know these these next two weeks, and then hopefully you get one more win and get bowl practice. Um, you got to give Michigan State credit on defense. Yes, they got gassed for some yards against Rutgers. Um, they are playing very light on the defensive line. Again, they started like three D tackles. And yeah. one guy that until Avery last Dunn's week I hadn't, really I hadn't even I hadn't even heard of him until last week, yeah. and he played really well. Um, puzzling to me that yeah I get a little bit in formations, but Rutgers was clearly going to run because Wimsat is not good enough to beat you with his arm. Um, talented yes, but not good enough, not proven enough. And yet we went back to the four two five. I never saw three linebackers out there, uh, and that drives me crazy because that's when Michigan State started to get better again on defense is when they went to the 4-3-5. Now, Halliday, 19 20. tackles, back-to-back Big Ten Player of the Week, plus three for Winmon. That's five Big Ten Defensive Players of the Week out of this defense, that's which is pretty crazy. Defense. So the individual efforts are there. Um, secondary did not tackle very well that game, but the secondary no. is it's getting thin. It's getting Rudy was out there at one point late in the game. Whoever number 34 is, never even yeah. heard of him. He looked like literally a shrimp out there. Um, just got to hold it together for one more game for sure and maybe steal one at Penn State and, and get to a better bowl game. But, like, man, I mean, for as, for as dinged up as Michigan State is, for the suspensions that are still kind of ongoing because they're dragging their feet down in Ann Arbor, which tells me there's just a bunch of smoke and there's no flames, um, you know, Michigan State's holding it together pretty well, and a lot of that's because they got Henderson back. It was good to see that Slade bounce back from injury at Illinois because he blocked is a key kick. player. Blocked a, blocked a kick that was a key juncture in the game. Should have really turned the game completely, but then Speed dropped the sure, you know, scoop six and almost lost it back to him. Yeah, of course. Um, but finally, we had a field goal. Field goal two field goals, sighting. two for two. And that one cold, was distance. It was like kicking a brick in that. And then, I mean, Drilled it. Baron. Um, Behringer, like, what's different about him? I mean, he had one punt that killed his yardage a little bit because it was a short field, but he pinned him inside the 10, and then he had another, like, 60-some yarder where he pinned him at the 2. I mean, that dude is uber-talented, um, and he's he's a great craftsman. That Michigan State's going to need to replace next year. But hopefully Patton, maybe, maybe he figured something out. Um, you know, he was hit all of his PATs. He hit his field goals. The field goals were critical. First. Um, they had only made two field goals all year. So for him to come through and make them, Big Stone had a couple stuff. touchbacks later. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Take it. Receivers played better. pretty well. Finally targeted tight ends. I'm tired of – Yeah, in the middle of the field. The two touchdowns were to the middle of the field. Yeah, I was it's shocked. Funny. It's funny that you, you – it's open. I, I don't know why we're still throwing it to Tyler Hunt. I don't – I really don't get why you're scheming him in. You're, they're going to scream for him. Well, some of those play calls on fourth down, Michigan State had a couple of fourth downs where they were not going into the wind going to kick a 45-plus yard field goal. Um, and they called really good plays that were not obvious, unlike at Michigan where it was obvious and they got stuffed both times. But Thorne's throws were so bad. And even though Ryan doesn't like Hunt, and I don't particularly like them throwing to him, he's a, he's a decent age back, like – Hit him on the hands, he's probably going to catch it, and it's probably going to be at least a first down, maybe a touchdown. Like, I I don't – that's one thing that 
Thorne has been so off all year. He's either great or he's terrible. Um, I mean, he's overthrowing a 6'4 receiver that has a 40-inch vertical uh, regularly in Coleman. It's bad. uh, It's really bad. His accuracy is This is why I think Michigan State has a chance at a five-star that they could maybe flip, particularly if Oregon's coach goes back to the SEC. It's not uh, which probably won't happen because of Cadillac Williams, but like because I think they look at it as I got a chance to come into play. And no, no offense, and I'm not saying anything about Kate Hauser because I like I would like to see Michigan State give him a chance too, and they just haven't got him very many snaps. Um, I just hope they don't automatically ride or die with Thorne because he's got a lot to prove to me. Yeah, I think next year has to be an open quarterback competition. It has to be because. Uh, Thorne, yeah, is he good? good Smart, yet? yes. Has he been a? He's been a great. He's been a great above average. Yes. Hold. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's a great. Um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Um, but he's been a. He's a placeholder until we get yeah, he's a the stud quarterback. He's really he's just kind of there. He was a surprise last year. Had canine, which obviously helped. Um, He's got great weapons. It has nothing to do with that. He's just he just inaccurate. I mean, but then he th- he makes some throws that you're like, what? How did he make that throw? Yeah, he like, makes I, some phenomenal passes. Like, I don't think he steps I, into his throws. I would like him, reminds me of Connor Cook, I would like him to focus more on completing the easy ones and then and hit 50% of the hard ones than the other way around. I mean, but whatever, that's just right. It's a win. It's a win. We'll take it. I, I can't tell you how important this game is on Saturday. To get this win, you solidify bowl eligibility. I don't care if it's you go to the quick lane bowl. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Getting a bowl game is huge for these guys. It br- brings in confidence. You're going to get young guys practice. You're going to get more run in. It's going to be great. Um, it, it's, it's, it's huge. It's huge for Michigan State to, to get to six wins. It, yeah, it's a, it's a disappointing season. Absolutely. We had higher expectations than that. But with all the crap that's happened, the injuries, you know, the adversity um, that's happened, you know, caused by us, caused by outside forces, whatever, um, it, it, it's salvaging something. Because we thought a few weeks ago it could be four and eight, three and nine, and um, five and five right now. Hopefully, beat Indiana. And then I, I freaking hate Penn State. I, don't, I think that they, they'll beat us. But if we somehow beat chance. them, seven and five, you get nothing to, to lose. Get to you know a, a subpar bowl, um, but you play against a decent opponent, and you get a lot more practice in, and you get ready for next year. Yep. Um, that's yep. what we need. So it matters. College football at large, um, man, uh, kind of a crazy week it was. Uh, Bama almost went down again. Ole Miss had them, um, and then kind of fell off, um, and Bama kind of stole one. Really seemed like um, Georgia rolled once again. They're freaking. <laughs> Freaking good. TCU, 10-0, and 0, control their own destiny. If they went out, they're going to the CFP. I mean, there's no doubt yeah, about great it. great win at Texas in a game that was, you know, back and forth, like lowest scoring first half in a Big 12 game. And I don't know, it was a long time uh, when I was watching that game. Oh, yeah. And, you know, pretty dominant on the ground later in that game. Yeah. You know, had a big mistake that got Texas back in it, but... Um, impressive defense. I mean, but Texas been, is going to be a good team in a year and yeah, two years be. because they've got some really good young talent. But um, TCU just they stymied them, and um, yeah, I mean that's, Dykes, that team's man. for real. They got Baylor this week, and then then Iowa State, and then so. they'll probably play Kansas State again. You know, it's tough to beat one. somebody twice in the year, but yeah, then they can fly in. Whooping Tennessee's uh, sixty-six spot in their last home game. Uh, of the season, how about, they looked uh, really good. How about those Huskies? Huh? Maybe that loss wasn't so bad for the Spartans. Yeah, Pac-12 absolutely took a big dump last week. <laughs> Oregon had a chance outside, albeit maybe at the CFP, gone. UCLA had an outside shot at the. They lost a really bad Arizona team, gone. USC's their only hope. Utah and USC both, or USC at least only has one loss. Utah I think has two, yeah, but they're two. they're out of it. They have thirteen. It's I mean, USC that's their only hope. Yeah. Or, yeah, Oregon. We'll get to it later. LSU, USC, UCLA this week. Yeah, yeah. And week Rose Bowl. Clat and uh, and Gus are going there instead of the noon game because it's pretty big. It's at the Rose Bowl. Nice. So Future cool. Big Ten teams. Um, LSU squeaks one out against Arkansas. They had a f- but clinched the SEC West. 
crazy. They, they're a true freshman had four sacks and two forced fumbles for him. That guy's a stud. Harold Perkins, yeah, he's really good. When Brian Kelly, who's a good recruiter, gets some guys. I mean, remember they're pretty depleted with transfers and everything. People were like, oh, skeptical about a northern guy coming in because he wasn't quote a fit. Um, we were skeptical. You know what? We were skeptical, and he's proven us wrong. I mean, he's really kind of turned them around in in the vein of how he's had success elsewhere. Maybe just check the fake southern accent at the door, Brian, um, and stick to coaching. But yeah, he's done a he's done a great job. He's got to be a coach of the year candidate, I think. I I completely agree. He's he's worked one. How is Notre Dame ranked again? They're number twenty. Oh, because they beat Clemson. Won, they barely beat. Navy. They've won some games though. I mean, they they played well. I mean, they had that awful start to the season. Um, and they've kind of salvaged it a little bit, playing better. North Carolina looks really good. North yeah, Carolina beat good. Wake 36-34. I mean, they're playing Clemson in the ACC championship. How about their quarterback, a redshirt freshman? He's got to be a high school. Yeah, he's, he's really good, and he's played really well. Clemson squeaked one against Louisville. Florida State sneakily in the top 25. Florida they won 38-3. had a nice season, yeah. Mike Norvell was on the, on the ropes a little bit, and here he is. Um, they're having a good year. Utah, you know who's fallen from grace is Stanford. They're pretty terrible. I mean, oh, they, they, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're traditionally are they? They were up seven nothing no. in that game and they lost forty two to seven. Traditionally, they're powers, no, but really since Har- Harbaugh made them good, then early on in the early twenty tens, I mean, they were going Rose. The last really Rose good Bowl. year was against us in the Rose Bowl, probably in twenty fourteen. Yeah, they haven't been great. Um, kind of fallen off, but yeah, North Carolina playing really well. Um, UCF eight and two. Um, American, great, good for them. Kansas State playing well. Um, Kentucky's fraudulent, six and four. They lost a freaking Vanderbilt. Ouch. Yeah, ouch. That stinks. Um, couldn't relate. Uh, yeah. And this week is your pretty much gross week in the SEC because it's all scrub teams that. Well, yeah. there's a couple in UConn. Teams, we didn't. We used to mention them earlier. Yeah. but they're going bowling Bowl for bowling the first time in, since 2015. Yeah, good for them. Good for them. Beat Liberty, who was a pretty decent team. Um, Duke seven and three. What a turnaround they've had. Um, and uh, did not mention it, but um, thoughts and prayers with the University of Virginia football program, the yeah, school. Tragic. Tragic um, event. Um, I mean, they're not. I don't know, or if they were targeted because they were football players. It was a former football player who did it, but it was students coming off a bus from going to a play for a yeah, class. Just awful. So awful did he know? Three, three it was those three. Like I, who knows? But just yeah. a sad, sad situation there mm. for sure. Not good. Not good at all. Um, yeah, Miami. They have a chance to go to a bowl game. I don't, I don't know anything else crazy. Texas Tech. Five and five, first year coach doing pretty decent. Auburn, oh Texas A and M, three and seven, three and seven, and they still have to play LSU. Um, I can't. They got Massachusetts. Who if they lose that, I don't even know what to say to you because they're one. <laughs> you and better nine. fire Jimbo if that happens. They're looking at four and eight, um, and you're paying this guy all this money, and you're paying all these players all this money. Pretty yeah, ridiculous. number one recruiting class, really? Pretty uh, ridiculous. How about I, developing that recruiting? I always thought he was kind of fraudulent, but that's just me. Um, yeah, that's week uh, 11 review. Let's go week All 12 right. preview. Yep. Um, let's get right into it. Um, Big Ten, Michigan, Illinois, noon, ABC. Um, Illinois is kind of on We're the ropes right now. Up. Chase Brown's dinged up. Um Senior day for Michigan, seventeen and a half point favorite. I think they're going to cover it. I, Are we going on spread? Yeah. See, I don't think they're going to cover it because I think this the way these two teams play. This is going to be Could a be low. super low scoring game. I'm going to go like you know, twenty to ten Michigan. So I don't think they'll cover it, but they'll win. Yeah, All right. I, I can see that. And by the way, a little good piece of betting feedback I got is when you've got a double digit favorite. Punch the under, like sixty-eight percent of the time, the under hits in those in those big double-digit favorite games. Mm-hmm. Good that's advice. your that's your non-Vegas advice for that's the week. That's good, good stuff. Um, next game, uh, Wisconsin versus Nebraska. I believe it's at Camp Randall, or yep. is it no? Is it? No, no, no. It's at Nebraska. Doesn't senior matter. day for Nebraska. Doesn't matter. Wisconsin's a thirteen and a half point favorite. I think I, as bad as Wisconsin. Wisconsin's got it on that every other thing. I think they're going to stomp on Nebraska. 
I think they cover 13 and a half. Yeah, Wisconsin's been on riding that roller coaster. I would agree. I think they'll they'll cover that. Yeah, I uh, I don't know why they wouldn't. Purdue versus Northwestern. This one I don't understand. Purdue is a 19 and a half point favorite in this game. Where is? The, can you see? I think it's at Purdue. It's at Purdue. Yeah, they're going to easily Purdue's cover senior this. Day. Purdue senior day. Aiden O'Connell. They're going to easily cover this. Northwestern is atrocious. I mean, and Purdue is sitting pretty like. Probably the two easiest games left amongst their division rivals that are vying for that spot in Indy. They're going to destroy Northwestern. They will yeah, cover that with ease. Awful. With ease. Michigan State versus Indiana. Uh, going to be cold, maybe a little snow. windy, maybe some snow potentially in the forecast. Ten and a half is the spread. I thought a lot about this one. I, at first I said no. I Michigan State... Can't win this by double. double Rutgers had a backdoor cover on us last week with a, right. with a hail mary. Basically, Indiana is so. the war, one of the worst pass defenses in America. They're they've lost seven games in a row. They're gonna have nothing. Michigan State's playing for bowl game at Senior Day. I think Michigan State covers ten and a half. I think they win by two touchdowns. Four yeah, two. I think I think Michigan State covers that, and I think it's like a a thirty one to yeah, I could ten that. type of game or something like that. It. See it? I like it. Um, Ohio State, Maryland. This one's baffling. Um, Ohio State's only a twenty-seven and a half point favorite in this game. And Penn State beat them thirty to nothing. Uh, Easy yeah. cover. I mean, it's at Maryland, but so what? It's not Senior Day for Maryland. Uh, I just it's easy. Yikes! I mean, it's Ohio like State. Let's see what baby. what has Ohio State done? Maryland has scored zero and ten in the last two weeks after going on a bye after scoring pretty regularly in the high 20s to 30s before that. Ohio State is throttling people. I mean, they won by 42 last week, yeah, 14 against Northwestern, okay, and an absolute, like, wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald gale force. Um, you know, they beat beat up Penn State, they crushed Iowa, beat Michigan State by 29, beat Rutgers by 39, beat Wisconsin by 31. I just, trend tells me that they cover that 27 and a half. Yeah, I agree. Penn State Rutgers. Uh, Penn State's a nineteen and a half point favorite. I think they cover it. Senior day for Rutgers. Nineteen and a half. Matter. Rutgers stinks. Yeah, Rutgers defense is okay. They ran the ball pretty well against Michigan. Penn State's State, got a good I, line. Yeah, I think I think Penn State will cover that. Yeah, and this is straight up. Um, we got Iowa Minnesota spreads like one. I'm going with Minnesota because they're off because they have great run game. I think they'll be able to control it. Probably won't turn it over too much. I don't think. I think their defense is pr- good enough to stop Iowa. That doesn't take much, but yeah, I'm going mini. This is going to be a low scoring, like ten to seven. That's how Iowa likes it. But I think Minnesota, Minnesota with Ibrahim, I think he's the difference maker. I think they win. Yep. Which is my original prediction at the beginning of the season anyway. USC, UCLA. What's this rival? Is there a name for it? I don't know what the... I don't think there is. Um, but the battle the is nobody Bowl. cares because it's in Los LA Angeles. Bowl. <laughs> uh, I'm going with the Trojans after that performance by UCLA last Yeah, year. I mean, I think USC's got a chance still. Uh, who do they have after that? Notre Dame, maybe? Notre Dame. Um, and then the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, so I, I think... I think they still they might need a little bit of assistance, but I think that if they can I mean, if they went out and if they went out and they do it in style, I think that they've got a chance to sneak into that fourth spot. I think USC wins this game. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be a pretty good game. I think I UCLA, hope so. UCLA just absolutely laid an egg, but they're actually pretty talented. So uh, Utah is going to Outson. Um, then this could be a good game. Last year, I think Utah wrecked Oregon, if I'm not mistaken. It was at it was a night game. And yep. at, uh, I can't remember their stadium. It's kind of Rice Eccles uh, wrecked them. I think it's going to be, this is going to be a great game, but I think Oregon's going to win because of that home field advantage. Um, but they're out of the playoff. Yeah, I think they have a pretty good streak. Other, no, they had, that was at Washington. It was last at week, Washington. Right? Yeah, I, I think Oregon will win that game. Okay. And then one more uh, NFL, Lions and Giants. Lions two in a row. Wow. What, when does that this, happen? This is what it's like to win two games in a row. I've never felt that before. Division games. Uh, yeah. 
I think the Giants, the defense is really good. I think this is going to be very low scoring, and the Giants will win like 16-13 or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, the Lions, minus the Patriots game, really have been competitive in every game. They've had a chance to win every game except for that game, at least at some point. And they're coming along, but they're pretty dinged up, especially at wide receiver. I mean, they got guys we've never even heard of playing. I, yeah, I just I think the Giants are having kind of a charm season. I think Saquon probably. Yeah, he's gonna have. I mean, look day. at Fields at a heyday against the Lions, so Saquon's probably gonna licking his chops already. Oh yeah, without a doubt. That's uh, spot two. All right, I'm sorry, second down. Yes, second down. Let's go to our. Uh, add a quick word from our presenting sponsor, Team Anders Realty. will help you find the home that best fits your needs, and they make the process simple and fun along the way. The Anders have served thousands of clients over 30-plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. And one of the nice things, too, I can say as a customer, and they're also our neighbors, um, Around Mother's Day every year, they have a flower basket thing, and around Christmas time every year, they have a they give you a gift card towards getting a real Christmas tree or wreath. Pretty cool. They kind of give you hot chocolate, whatever, for this winter season coming up. We don't cut down a real tree anymore because the allergies in the house. But to go and get a free wreath out of the deal, you become a customer and you're a friend for life. Pretty cool touch. Very cool. Um, wonderful, wonderful people. Um, can't say enough good things about them. Uh, brings us to third down basketball. Um, we did it last Tuesday, so there's a lot's happened. Um, yeah, first court storm of the season. Yeah. Temple beating Villanova, which at I don't know at the time we started this podcast, Villanova. They truly was it was a, it was a double court storm. But that's right because the refs screwed it up at the end of the game. Yeah. Let's see what's going on in that game now. Oh, Villanova took the lead. They're up yeah, three they're in up, real time against stink. Delaware State, where Joe Biden claims he went because he's a lying fool. But I digress. Yeah. Georgetown, they won two in a row. Wow. Where they win last year, like five games all year? Well, they had, hadn't won until last Tuesday when they won. They hadn't won since December of last year. It had been almost a year. Um, let's see what else. Purdue won pretty handily last Tuesday. Minnesota was getting their butt kicked tonight by yeah, DePaul. Is this the Gavit games? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, let's see, last Wednesday, and nothing crazy. Uh, Davidson, Foster Lawyer's going crazy. Um, good for him. He's good. proof, a la Mr. Joey, that if you go and play against the right level of competition, you can perform at your peak. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to hear, talk about down bad, Louisville basketball. Oh, yeah, they're, it's they going to take a little while. They lost to Bellarmine at home, and they lost to Wright State at home. Wow. And today, they had a, there's a recruit there. Their uh, number one player in the class of 2023 was down to Kentucky and Louisville, and they thought for a while he was going to go to Louisville because his grandpa's one of the assistant coaches. He's going to Kentucky. Uh, yeah, that's a gut punch, nut kick, whatever you want to call it. Not ideal for the old Cardinals. They're, they've had a no. run of... Bad stuff here in the last few years. But. Here's one thing that I put in my notes. Like, I will admit, I don't follow the rankings in basketball that closely because basketball is such a long season or whatever. But answer me this. Ryan and I, after the Michigan State-Gonzaga game, which we'll get to in a minute, watched Imani Bates, the Imani Bates everybody <laughs> thought it would be, absolutely trash Michigan. And Eastern Michigan almost with, like, Everybody with four fouls at the last point that I was watching the game almost beat Michigan in a neutral site game in Detroit. Michigan's flexing off the court, and they move up in the AP poll. And yet, Michigan State, who arguably, very arguably, easily could have beaten the number two Gonzaga team, who has won something like 70 in a row against unranked teams, doesn't sniff the top 25. Like This is why the polls in basketball are an even bigger joke and waste of time because the polls are meaningless for anything except for chit-chat. And the fact that Michigan moved up because they beat Eastern Michigan is a joke. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean... Like, you're flexing Dickinson because you... Because you're playing you against the guys Eastern that are 6-7, man. A team you were favored enough. by, like, 20-some to beat? 
You beat them by five or six. I'm going to tell you this. Michigan's guard play is atrocious. Um, it's not good. Their defense is atro- in general is atrocious. But you won't see it because they won't. They don't really play anybody in the non-conference. I mean, yeah, their 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 preseason tournament they play against Pittsburgh, who got thirty balled by West Virginia, who's picked to finish second to last in the in the Big Twelve, and then VCU or. Uh, Arizona State and Arizona State had is very they, they, they lost, lost last, I think yeah. they lost last night to someone bad and then VCU is average at best in, in the A10 there um, yeah not good Notre Dame they've kind of struggled to start that's an opponent opponent mission say we'll play here in a few weeks they've kind of struggled so far narrow wins over some low major teams um, yeah USC we talked about that last week they lost um, nobody in the Big Ten. Except for Michigan State, Michigan State's the only played loss. anybody, right? Only loss, yeah. only loss, but the only team that's played anybody. Like nobody else has played anybody. North Carolina's kind of struggled um, so far, not playing very well, not shooting it well. I mean, they they beat Charleston on Friday, one hundred and two to eighty six, and they were down a lot. Yeah, that they were game. down. Houston's, I think they're the most impressive so far. They're good. They they play great defense. They're only allowing like in the fifties in their first three games. Pretty impressive. Um, Duke blowout. I mean, not, nothing really crazy. TCU struggled a little bit. Auburn struggled with South Florida the other day a little bit. Um, Tomorrow night, and then right. you know, the oh, Oregon, games. Oregon lost to UC Irvine by 13 at home. The banana slugs? No, they're not. No, they're, they're the the anteaters. Oh, anteaters, yeah. Or gauchos, one of the two. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got tomorrow night. Michigan State, Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, and then Friday. You know, this week you've got the Gavit games going. So you've got well, some and Wednesday good we got uh, Kentucky, or I'm sorry, Gonzaga versus Texas, and then you got the good. Continental Tire this weekend uh, in Vegas. We got, I think it's Illinois, uh, Illinois, Baylor, and then uh, Virginia and UCLA. Um, so pretty nice four teamer yeah. there. And then next week you got Feast Week. Oh, so back to Maui for the first time in a while. Oh. Um, you know, that's when you get some of those good matchups. Thing. Those classic like. Michigan State Gonzaga oh, Adam man. Morrison Moager three overtime game like Dayton beating Kansas was last year right like I think it was down at the Milk House and at Disney oh yeah there's Feast Week is when you start to kind of it gets a little bit more real for basketball and then it quiets down until a conference play starts but that's kind of like we get a little your, taste of Big Ten in early December though yeah as you, per usual but. yeah which is good that's been a change over the last few yeah, years we but, like that so let's talk about. Michigan State Gonzaga. I will say, um, I'm not ashamed to say, I I I bet Gonzaga to cover the eleven and a half. I just thought that Timmy would be too much, which ultimately kind of was. But I overestimated the rest of their team, and and I underestimated how much improvement Maddie Sissoko had made. Now, granted, he's not going to put up fourteen and nine every game, but. If he doesn't get in some cheap foul trouble, which, by the way, that could have been the tee-up as the tee-up officials for calling the games the awful. way they do, totally took the rhythm out of that game. I mean, who knows? He may score more and he may get more rebounds. Um, but what was impressive with him is that he he battled, for the most part, without dumb fouls. Now, they started to kind of call some stuff later in the game. But that, I said to Ryan, this is why Izzo said, I'm sticking with my team. My team is on the floor. I'm not going to the transfer portal for a big. Because he knew that Wojcik, is who he gives the credit to, really had worked with Matty on his game. And he missed some free throws in the first half, but then he went 4-for-4, four four, I think, or 4-for-5 four in the second half. He was an animal. He, he he's going to be needed against big guys like E, against Dickinson, and some of the other guys in the in tomorrow night against Kentucky. So great bright spot. I think you know Hogard did a lot of good things. I think um, he does. He still has to finish Tyson's the rim. Tyson's got to totally. shoot the ball. Tyson's got to shoot the ball more. Uh, Aikens will kind of. He's still a little bit rusty. He'll come he's, out of it. Well, Izzo said today that he that he was kind of on restriction and now he's completely free and he says he's going to play a lot more. So good. I think that'll get him in the flow and the rhythm. Um, Hall played pretty well. Yeah, I thought Hall played well. He got into some foul trouble. You know, Kohler shit the bed. He was, <laughs> but, he was bad. But look, you're a freshman going against a deer in headlights. Guy like Timmy, who's been an All American for four years. I get it. By the way, can we just say, Drew Timmy gets away with absolute murder, even more so than Dickinson. Like the way he throws his elbow and his head into and shoulder into guys and draws really contact that he he makes. I just well, the refs are like. 
swallow the whistle because giving him the benefit of the doubt, come on. Like, he gets space with illegal moves, and they're clear as day illegal moves. Yeah, so. he gets away with a lot of hooking. But that said, I mean, he had some great he's a good, offensive. He's a really good player. He had some great he offensive is. rebounds and putbacks, you know, as they kind of came back from 12 down. Michigan State's offense will bog down at times when they have to play in the half court and they can't run. They were able to run early. And then early into the second half, get that lead, and then the whistle started to go, and the game got choppy, and Michigan State struggled. They struggled on the last play of the game. Now I think Tyson slipped a little bit, but they they struggled to get a good. It clean wasn't look. a great. Um, at least they got a ball in the rim. But let's talk about the elephant in the room. My favorite player Thumbs of up, all Joe. time, the thumb himself, Joey Hauser. That was abysmal. How, I mean, that was embarrassing. Honestly. How can you be that bad? Like. You don't even need to be Michigan State's best player, but you need to be average. And by average, I mean for a guy like you who's a fifth-year senior who tore it up at Marquette. Now we know why, because they play a lot less of talent in the Big Ten. You need to be a guy that can get eight to ten points and five or six rebounds every game, no matter who you're playing. When you're playing crappy teams, you should get you know 15 to 20 points and, and ten rebounds like you did in the opener and get a double-double. When you're playing good, tough teams... Um, with good low post, you should still be able to throw six to eight points, maybe ten points, and get five rebounds and not foul out. You are a liability. You are a waste of space when it comes to defense. You cannot defend without getting a foul called. You miss one shot and you disappear. Um, I, I get it. It was windy, blah, 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 but what, whatever. Like, shooters got to shoot. You have You don't worry about that kind of stuff. I mean, they put him in for an important tech, and he misses it. Like oh, one shot, uh, lose by one. Yeah, I mean that he's going to cost Michigan State. He, I believe, in the most for the most part with his stat line. I mean, what, he was two points. Well, I'm going to tell you rebound. this: he was his plus minus was minus fifteen points. He cost he Michigan game. State the game. I mean, that's. That's Kohler abysmal. was really bad too, but Kohler he's a, he's a freshman. Nine, I, I don't, I don't, I have no expectations for him. But, um, but yeah, I just like he cost Michigan State that game. I mean, it's hard to say. Oh well, one play here, one play there. Bottom line, with his plus minus, with what he's supposed to be able to do as a fifth year senior, he cost yes. Michigan State that game, and he's going to cost Michigan State other games this year, and it already pisses me off. And my roommates, old roommates from college, and my friends in the chat, friend chat, know because I gave them three praises for the first game. They asked me if I was high, or if I was sick, or if somebody stole my phone, and I was right back to it on the world is right on Friday. Joey Hauser cost Michigan State that game, and that sucks because that was one could that could have gone a long way come seeding time, beating the number two team in the nation because Gonzaga is going to be right there. You know, I'm not going to say that they're going to be the best team in, in college yeah, basketball. That's going to be a team that's going to be the top. But they're going to be a top five, top ten team all year. That would have been a huge win. I get it. Close losses are good too in the resume scheme of things. But there's no such thing as a moral victory for Michigan State. No. And Joey, you screwed the pooch. I love what Izzo's been. He's he's all business right now. Cooper. I I seriously think that if that. I think he just probably missed the. He missed a shoot around or well, missed he could a team have, meeting, but he could have helped. He could have given he them have some helped, fouls. Dude. He's a big body. Yeah. He wasn't going to be a difference maker like Matty no, was, but, but you know he could have done something. Something so, different with. Life but hey, or... you know what? He sent a message. He knows that hey, I I screwed my team. I had the opportunity to to play some minutes in a game that had a lot of big guy fouls both ways. Um, yeah, so hopefully he'll learn. But I I learned from me that Michigan State is. Further along than Their I thought they were at this point. Their floor is higher than we thought. Yeah, as of now. That. I would agree with that. Now we'll see. Kentucky, they do not match up well against tomorrow. No. Um, Villanova is not playing very well and missing a couple of players. That's really a game I would be really mad if Michigan State loses at this point in time. Um, agree. We'll see what they do in Portland. You know, they, Notre Dame's not very good. They should beat Notre Dame even on the road. And then you got a couple. Yeah, then a couple. Not, not tough, you know, Big Ten teams. Right. Um, then you know you got three games that you should win to get ready for conference in Nebraska and Michigan um, to start the new year. Uh, more college basketball, real quick. Colorado lost to Grambling on Friday, and then they turn around on Sunday and, and play Nashville, and they and they wow. beat, beat Tennessee by twelve. It's college basketball. It's insane. We love it. That's why we love it so much. It, it, 
you can have one off night, you know, shoot the ball well, you lose. It's great. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. We love chaos, um, unless it's Michigan State that's losing. Um, we've been on the on the bad side of stuff like that too many times, I think. Um, but yeah, that's college hoops. Excited for Champions Classic and all the other good stuff that's going to be coming here in the next couple weeks. Um, scramble, fourth down. Um, well, uh, you, I, I've got stuff this week. Uh, butt burners. Uh, well, this guy's, I think, he, there's no way he lasts through the season. It's Josh McDaniels. I, he's, he's a clown. He'll never be a head coach again. He like, shouldn't have been a head coach in the first yeah. place again. He's a clown. What, what Patriots coach has paid off? Really? Yeah. I, I don't know. None of them. None of them really have. Um, not been good. But they stink. Their team's just lost. Um, it's embarrassing. The Live, go- live Golf. We, we've given our fair share of crap to them. There's another thing in the news. The Pat Perez-Phil Mickelson feud. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got another one. Oh, man. It's, all, it's just all drama. This whole thing is ridiculous. I don't, I don't even know much about it. I just know that they hate each other. He won't exactly say what the story is, but he yeah, said he there's won't no him. love loss. No. Um, then uh, the, my last one, Oregon's fourth down decision late in that game. So it's tied. You know, it, it, Oregon's got their own 30, 35-yard line, fourth and one. They decide to go for it, which is ballsy in itself, and then they pull a Michigan State and run a slow-developing run play. And the running back slips and falls, doesn't get the first down. Washington goes on to kick the game-winning field goal. It's over. Oregon's chances of playoffs, over. Um, that sucks. But that's a bad decision. Should have punted it, played the numbers game, um, or dialed up a better play if you're going to risk it. Stock up. Brian Kelly. Uh, we gave him a lot of crap for that stuff that he was doing. The guy can flat out coach. I don't care. Um if we like him or don't, he can coach. He's turned this team around. Um, can't imagine what he's going to do when he starts getting more of his guys in there. Um, yeah, he's doing really well. Um, Justin Jefferson. Holy wow. smokes. This guy is phenomenal. Um, almost 200 yards receiving against the Bills yesterday. Makes I, one of the best catches I have ever seen in my entire life on fourth down. <laughs> One-handed snare. I thought it was picked off. And this guy somehow comes down with the ball, and then he makes some other huge catches down the stretch of that game. The Vikings come from behind, win. Captain Kirk does it. You um, know when they when they let Diggs go, I can't remember if they traded him or they let him go uh, in free agency. And I was kind of like thinking, what the heck? Like Thielen's a good possession guy. You know, he, he he's a good receiver, but he's not like Cooper Cup good. And you gave up Diggs, and then they gave it up so they could get this guy. And damn, I mean, Diggs is great too, but wow. He's phenomenal. I mean, uh, what he does and the catches he makes, if it's near him, he catches it. And let me just say this too. Enough of the hate on Kirk Cousins because go back and watch. Now, that one was a little bit, he just kind of threw it up. Throw it up to your best guy and, and hope he makes a play, which he made arguably probably the greatest no offense, Beckham, the greatest in regular season game catch I think I've ever seen. I mean, it maybe wasn't like the helmet catch by David Tyree, which was huge, obviously, to win a <laughs> Super Bowl. But, like, for an in in that game, by the way, we get to more of that in a minute, one of the best, craziest games I've ever seen. Um, it was insane. Just... Did, that you can't give him enough credit, and you can't give Cousins enough credit either, because he puts that ball where his playmakers can get it. I mean, he threw a couple of ropes at critical times in that game. Um, yep, yeah, had a couple picks, didn't play his greatest game, but kind of got him coming back. They're eight and one. Yeah, pretty eight freaking phenomenal. Wow, happy for Kirk um, and the squad. Last one, Amani Bates. We've given him crap too. Man, he played well, and he... And he actually sh- didn't ball hog too much. No. He didn't overshoot it. He, no, good you know, for him. Played he, well. he played really well. I was happy for him. But uh, what else? Golf, Tony, big tone, another win. He's been hot in Runaway 2022. Win, yeah. Love it for uh, him. Here's a couple of fun stats. So, and back to the NFL. For the Lions, who found a way, like, Finally. God bless kickers. They almost screwed Minnesota, and it did screw Chicago. Um, 
with that missed extra point and Detroit coming back to score, it was the first time that they've had a fourth quarter comeback being down 14 or more points since 1993. It's pretty, to put in perspective, pretty ridiculous. 1993, my at this time, my junior year, early junior year of college. Um, the other favorite set I saw, prior to yesterday, Dallas was 195-0. and 195 and 0 went up 14 plus going into the fourth quarter and they lost in overtime to the Packers. That's crazy. Wow. The NFL is unreal this year, which, you know, and I had talked about there's not enough parity. Oh, there there is. there's plenty of parity. And it was it was great, but that let's talk about that that Minnesota Bills game. So, being here obviously in Michigan, we're going to get the Lions and we got the bonus coverage. So, we picked it up I think as Cousins driving with the team just before that fourth down play and saw that crazy play. And then all the stuff down to the goal line. And then they Bills stuff them at the goal line, which is so tough because, like, it's a, a whole leverage game. And, like, Cousins did the best he could to get in, even with a push. It's just low man wins in that case. And Buffalo does a great job. And then they, they don't execute the easiest of plays, the most fundamental play, and the snap. Minnesota scores a touchdown and goes ahead. And then in 40 seconds, the Bills go down with the help of a really badly blown call. Like, how does the NFL miss that call? I'm not saying that the Bills wouldn't have tied it, but, like, how do they miss that call to let them get into position to kick a field goal to tie it? And then the Bills, you know, Vikings got all the way to the two on an amazing throw from Cousins to Jefferson. And... The Bills buck up and hold them to a field goal, and they're driving. They're going down the field, going down the field, and then Allen just throws, like, he threw his fourth red zone pick in the last two games, and I think they said something like he had had one red zone pick in, like, his previous 68 games or something like that. Yeah, like, something ridiculous. Unbelievable. Um, man, just a crazy game. I mean, he's a little dinged up, but he's a gamer. Buffalo will be fine. They're, they're still oh, good. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're fine. But... Look, I mean, the Vikings, they're finding ways to win. They're the cardiac kids. Um, Eagles are playing the Redskins, a.k.a. Commanders, a.k.a. Washington football team tonight. They'll probably destroy them and, and maintain that lead. But we might get a rematch of that game um, come playoff time yeah. uh, from earlier in the season, and that's the Eagles or the Vikings' only loss at this point in time. Yeah, so. the, NF- the NFC is really good. It's fun. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Um, what else? Happy the Lions won. That's cool. Packers finally won again. Yeah, I mean, Hutchinson made some big plays, they so didn't I can give credit to him. where it's due. Um, to him. I mean, they're, yeah, they're finding a way to get it done, which is great. They, they've won two in a row, and they're two and one against the division, I think. So, you know, we'll see. they got the Giants and the Bills the next two weeks. I don't don't exactly go looking for them to make the playoffs anytime soon, but um, they're making some progress, so good for them. Good yeah, for them. We'll take it. We're, we're Sometimes we'll you just got to get that first win. Yeah. Get it out of the way. Um, you got anything else? I, I, I nope, have not for me for scramble. Nope. I have nothing else. I guess that'll bring us to the sprint. Um, all right. Favorite preseason basketball tournament to watch? Oh, that's a good one. I think for me, it's it's always been the Maui. One thing you never got to experience, but was also equally fun, and it's kind of because of the crazy times. I remember going to my grandparents in Ohio for Thanksgiving weekend. And I would be up by myself watching these games until all hours of the night, no matter who was playing, just because being a basketball junkie, even as like a, a elementary and a middle school kid. The other one that I always used to like to watch, and they haven't had in years, was the Alaska Shootout. Mission State played in that. Yeah, that was that was a fun one. Crazy hours, right? It's a huge time change. I still think you can't beat Maui. First of all, we've been by the Lahaina Civic Center. We've been right where they stay several times as a family on vacation. It, it's just. I don't know. To me, that's the best one. Michigan State's played in some great games there over the years. Um, that I think that's my favorite. Yeah, I, I agree. Can't cannot agree more. Uh, who's who's the most disappointing NFL team so far? Wow, most disappointing. I mean, I kind of got to go Packers just because with Rodgers, but they maybe they woke up yesterday. I mean, they had a great Probably fourth quarter. Rodgers kind of found a receiver to go to. Got you. Christian Watson three touchdowns like he yep. had four catches all game and three of them were touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Maybe that's what shakes them loose a little bit. I, I So I think they've been a little bit disappointing. You know, I think the Cardinals, for all the hype and the money that they pay for Kyler. Yeah, they're very disappointing. The Rams. The, yeah. Um, I, you know, I... The Raiders are awful for, you know, the fact that they've got a good quarterback and a great wide receiver. They're awful. You know, the Colts aren't very good. Like, there's there's some surprisingly bad teams. I think the good teams are pretty much what was expected, and then there's a few that... But if I had to say one, I'd probably say the Packers because I, I would have expected them to be more like 6-3 and three or 7-2 and two at this point in time. Yeah, I said the Rams. I think that they've been... Yeah, they might have been my preseason Super Bowl pick. So yeah, I pretty can't, bad. I can't disagree. Who's with that. the best college basketball announcer? Best straight up announcer. Yeah, man, I really like Kevin Harlan. I think the best, honestly. Yeah, I like Eagle is really good too. I know he's going to do the Final Four now. Um, I I think Gus is better at basketball than football. Yeah, I agree with that. So, I, I know it's hard for me to pick from those guys, but I think, you know, with any of those guys, you can't go wrong. No, I agree. Um, I said uh, the Birdman Iron Eagle, he's really good. Yeah, he's really good. Um, last one. Uh, if you could take one Michigan State player from the Izzo era and put him on this team, who would it be? Oh, man. One guy from the Izzo era. That's a great question. I Honestly... Uh, Part of me wants to say a guy like a a Jaron Jackson or even an Xavier just because they understood the pick-and-roll game, or he, Mm -hmm. Xavier, understood the pick-and-roll game. But I think the one thing that this team could use is just like a a true – like I think A.J. could be a leader, but is a Draymond Green. Yeah. You know, he's not going to be a great scorer, but, I mean, you know that he's going to defend – which is going to be this team's identity. You know he could get rebounds, so I'd go Draymond. I like that. I, I went back and forth on this one. I, I was thinking Jackson, thinking Draymond. I thought you'd probably save one of those two. Outside the box, God rest his soul, Adrian Payne. Oh, yeah. Pick and pop big, a guy that would rebound, he brought toughness, and score on the post, good Rim shot protector. blocker. Yep. He would be really good. He'd fit in nicely with Sissoko. Yeah, yeah that's where, like, an Xavier really – I mean, a good rim protector – Good defender, smart, could play the pick and roll. Absolutely. You know, not Izzo's best player, not even his best big, but a guy like that that could just fit the mold of this team, I would say. Yeah, for sure. Great question. Love it. Exactly. That's it. Um, Wow, 98 of them. Crazy. Uh, Appreciate you guys listening. Um, Pound that like button on uh, Apple Pods. Leave a comment if you want. Uh, If you want to hear anything specifically, Shoot us a text, email, whatever, MySpace, um, whatever. Get a MySpace, bro. Um, so, yeah, appreciate you guys listening. All right. As the infamous Newt Rockney once said, one man practicing sportsmanship is far better than 50 preaching it. And I think you know what I'm talking about. <laughs>